Welcome to the Customer Connection Podcast, where we look at leading practices, lessons learned, tools, techniques, and procedures designed to guide and help you with the implementation and adoption of the ServiceNow platform. Led by customer experience expert and director of customer workflows, Jerry Campbell. Co-hosted by portfolio managers, Gareth Millwood and Nick DeBaca. We're building customer connections. Thanks for joining us at the Customer Connections, where we help you get your ServiceNow projects going in the right direction fast. I'm Jerry Campbell, Director of Customer Workflows. And I'm Gareth Millwood, Portfolio Manager. Joining us today is a self-proclaimed left-brained individual who's held positions in both the consulting space and corporate world, from enterprise architect to product management, process optimization, and development strategy. Kylie is the former 7-Eleven Field Service Manager. She's passionate about solving complex problems with out-of-the-box solutions and pushing the boundaries of what the Now platform can do. And now Kylie is a member of the ServiceNow exclusive partner, Cask, where she works on workplace service delivery. Welcome to the show, Kylie. Thanks for having me. Hey, Kylie. Thank you for uh, joining us again today. And just for everyone out there, Kylie and I were partners in 7-Eleven. We shared the same contact center, so we were like connected at the hip on a lot of projects. Thank you again, Kylie, for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah. And before we get started, there's a few rules of engagement we like to hear at Customer Connections. We like to keep the language really simple and explain and then let customers know what's going on. Basic terminology. We don't like to use acronyms. So what we have here is called a jargon jar, right? And if you use some jargon, then we're going to track that stuff down and we're going to really just task you at the end to explain what that jargon is. And maybe we might find you a little bit. Is that okay with you? Works for me. Awesome. Okay. Let's get this thing started here, Kylie. So what's your favorite pastime and why? This question's always hard. I'm an avid reader. So I'd say I probably read a ton, a little bit of everything from management books have really been my gig lately. Just trying to expand kind of how I approach my teams and our clients and which is kind of a boring answer. So a more fun one. I coach my niece's volleyball team. So most of my weekends are spent coaching a bunch of nine-year-olds playing volleyball. That's awesome. When it comes to your work-life balance and you say you're coaching volleyball, but who has influenced you in your professional career and how you approach your everyday work life? I would say my grandfather. So I learned pretty much everything I do from him. I started my career as a coder and I learned spending weekends coding Java servlets with him back in the mid 90s when that was still a thing. And he spent the majority, you know, grew up a farmer in the Texas panhandle, taught himself how to code and build computers so he could track his crops. And then when I was young, moved right down the street from my mom and I, and he's my best friend. And I spent every weekend with him, but he really approaches problems in a different way than a lot of traditional, like if I go through and get a degree in computer science or whatever, right? Like he really looks at things process heavy before ever getting into touching code and whatnot. So it's been really fun getting to like grow in my career with him as like both my best friend and my mentor. And he's still, I mean, he's almost 80 and works full time on government projects and 
creates custom apps. So he's pretty incredible and has really shaped who I am as a person, but also really how I approach my work. That's amazing. That is really amazing to have somebody like that in your life and influence you. And obviously, he's been doing a good job in his influence because you're pretty successful in your own right. Yeah, it's been fantastic. So like I, I said at the top, we, you know, you and I go back to our 7-Eleven days. And now you're working for Cask. But I'm going to ask you, when you were at 7-Eleven, what was your experience for 7-Eleven? You uh, helped implement that ITSM solution, that Internet Technology Service Management solution. That's a jargon on me. But tell us about that and how you integrated that on Nubolo. Yeah. So the 7-Eleven story was a fast and furious one, at least for our first implementation. We went from signing contracts with both ServiceNow and Nuvolo to piloting with a thousand stores in three months, which is insane and unheard of. And I would not recommend to anyone unless you're on very tight timelines and have to get it done. But really, what we were trying to do was consolidate all of these different help desks. 7-Eleven, like a lot of big enterprises, had gone heavily outsourced, realized that they had lost a lot of control over their business, and was working on bringing that back in-house. And ServiceNow ended up being the tool that allowed us to do that. But from a maintenance perspective, we had some additional needs that really weren't met with that IT service management kind of core suite. So we looked and one of the incredible things about ServiceNow is because it's an open platform, there are there are external partners that continue to expand what the platform does to meet business need. And so we ended up partnering with Nuvolo, who essentially take that core IT service management ServiceNow product and extend it into EAM, our enterprise asset management, work order management, and project management, and really let us consolidate our work on a singular platform so that we could give our franchisees one single pane of glass, right? We talked about that a lot. Yeah. How do we provide our franchisees and our you know store managers and whatnot with one singular place where they can go when they're having an issue? And then how do we partner on the business side to make sure that those get really where they need to go. So we started with a thousand stores, a year later rolled out to all 10,000 North American stores and grew from there over the last three to four years. Some purposeful driven expansion and some was out of necessity as we continued to learn things from bringing all of that work back in house. Yeah, that's just pretty amazing. Like I said, we shared a call center together, right? And I brought in uh, the customer service management part of ServiceNow, and we, we kind of interlinked them. But it still was a, a good opportunity for us to share our experiences since we would travel to El Salvador and go to the call center down there, really just to cross-functionally have those agents. So, you know, when we talk about that experience and opportunities, that ServiceNow had, you kind of said that some of the things iterating over a thousand stores and then expanding. But do you think there were some things that you could have done differently at Seven uh, Eleven or opportunities that you could have took advantage of? Yeah, I think 
for context, we consolidated, what was it, like 19 different service desks, varying functions into a singular enterprise platform. We did not have governance. So I would say anybody looking to do this kind of thing, really make sure you've got some kind of governance set up, really just to help bring all those groups together. Because I think that's the biggest opportunity we had. And sometimes it's politics and sometimes it's everybody's moving a thousand miles a minute and just doesn't think about it. But really having a good understanding of what your business partners in the platform need, where their roadmaps are, and how those competing priorities all come together. And then having a way to determine what gets worked on, right? When you have 19 business process owners coming to you with 19 different priorities that they all need done tomorrow without strong governance in place, it becomes difficult, right? And you run the risk of alienating your business partners without having that kind of solid base set up and intact. And I think the other thing we should have done more is really on the same vein, I wish we had spent more time looking at like current state and really understanding what each of the partners did and do so that we could figure out all the places where we intertwined. Because although we were all in separate systems, our processes so often collided together, whether we wanted them to or not. And oftentimes those were the biggest pain points for our end users. And so if we had taken some time to look at those ahead of time and planned to fix those as we implemented, I think we would have been a little bit more successful, not to say we weren't successful. ServiceNow was really well received, but we could have stopped some of those really painful, like five o'clock on a Friday conversations because things are breaking and it's been escalated and everybody's upset. Makes a lot of sense to me. Tell us a bit about Cask. What do you do as a ServiceNow implementation partner? Yeah. So I was lucky enough while I was at 7-Eleven to work with Cask pretty closely. We looked at partnering with a partner that really had knowledge and expertise in the ServiceNow space and landed on Cask. And then I ended up taking an opportunity there. But first in background, Cask is a pure play ServiceNow partner, meaning we don't do anything but ServiceNow. We have internal practices that are aligned with the ServiceNow service offerings so that we can best serve our customers. So Cask is really started out more on the management and process consulting side of the house, expanded into ServiceNow as they fell in love with the platform. So really, we pair really strong advisors from the spaces that they're working in, right? So like me from a workplace service delivery, spent my entire career in maintenance. So this is my bread and butter. And then we pair them with really strong technical architects that have expertise in the practices that they support. And that's allowed us to be really successful. We're still small on purpose, right? It lets us, one, really deliver the best that we can, but also really dive in and focus. It lets us be critical about who we bring in as clients, too, or we're picky, <laughs> which was important to me to find I'm really passionate about service now. And Cask has done some really incredible things particularly with some of the larger like government agency type stuff where we're really using creator workflows and pushing the boundaries of like app development and what can ServiceNow do, right? To extend that really solid base functionality into all of these business cases to really make it a truly enterprise platform for folks. So you match both the 
business expertise with the technology. Makes a lot of sense. I've always had a lot of success doing it that way. Exactly. So what's your role at Cask and what initiatives are you working on there? Yeah, so I am leading our workplace service delivery practice. So for those that don't know, workplace service delivery is a fairly new service offering from ServiceNow, really born out of the pandemic, needing a way to fulfill some of the needs that no business has had before. And then that expanded into how do we support our employees as part of the broader employee workflows or HR service delivery product offering from ServiceNow. We then go in and really extend that employee experience into how do I find desks? How do I get a visitor badge when folks come to visit? And really focusing on making that connected workplace employee experience stronger. And Cask decided that they wanted to make sure we had specific focus in this because workplace service delivery falls under the HR umbrella. But the folks that do workplace service delivery and facilities management typically aren't also your HR people. So really looking to bring in, again, that industry expertise to pair with the technical knowledge. And then my responsibility is just to make sure that we can deliver on that and implement with our partners to the best of our abilities. Awesome. Thank you very much, Carly. We talked about the jargon jar right up front, and I've been trying to keep track. The only one that I caught you on, you immediately corrected, which was EAM. So you're the most successful at keeping things straightforward of any of our guests so far. (laughs) I think it's because Jerry and I come from a world of acronyms where even the same acronym can mean multiple things depending on what part of the business you're working with. So they're helpful when you're dealing with long, drawn out concepts, but I try and stay away from them as much as possible. Okay. What's one piece of advice you can share with the listeners and how can they connect with you? I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. The easiest place to get me, Kylie Harris is not a super common name, so I'm pretty easy to find. But as far as one piece of advice, I would say start with the process, right? Like really look at what you're trying to accomplish. ServiceNow at the end of the day is this incredible workflow engine, right? In varying capacities with additional data needed as where necessary. But workflow at the base of it is process, right? And so if you don't understand your process and you don't understand your pain points, then you're lift and shifting into a new system and you're not solving problems and you'll have so much more success. It takes a little bit longer, takes some cooperation, right? But like really, really work through that process. Be honest with what's not working. One of the worst things you can do is like bring in a partner or even internally, right? And you're like trying to solve a problem and people won't come to the table like honest and open about what's not working. If we're not honest about what's not working, we're not going to make anything any better. And so I would say just start with that process, be open and honest and be willing to change too, right? Like nothing's going to get done if you have a problem and you want to solve it, but you also don't want to change. That would be my advice. Great stuff, Carly. Really appreciate you being on. And really, that last answer, giving our listeners a piece of advice, was great as well. So as they want to learn more about CASC or workspace delivery, how can they reach you? How can they connect with you? So I had mentioned LinkedIn. That's a great way to find me personally. Our CASC website is a great way to connect with our marketing team, our sales team, et cetera. Also, because I'm here, I'm going to plug it on June 14th. 
I am co-hosting a webinar with the ServiceNow Workplace Service Delivery Team to really talk about how we support employees in this new hybrid work experience. We're going to have some incredible partners come and talk about their journey on workplace service delivery. There'll be a demo and then some open questions. So if you're stuck in this world of like, how do we support our employees in this semi-post-COVID world, it should be a really great one. And that will be posted on our socials and uh, will be pretty easy to find as well. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That's what customer connection is here to do is make those connections. And so if you're out there and you have some workspace delivery kind of questions, please join Kylie in her webinar on the June 14th. Thank you again for joining us, Kylie. And if for our listeners, if you have any comments or questions for us here at Customer Connection or Kylie, you can just email us at customerconnection at servicenow.com. Thank you for joining. You have a great day. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining the Customer Connection Podcast, where we share insights from the biggest ServiceNow influencers. Please join us for our next episode when we will build more customer connections.